Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast. Hey, on the pod today, I uh, have my guy Bo Root. I peppered him with a handful of uh, Nebraska football questions. There was a realignment discussion we had at the end of this pod. That is all coming up, but... Full disclosure, we recorded this pod on Wednesday, August 9th, and since recording, some fairly big-slash-interesting news hit the Nebraska football world with Xavier Betts announcing that he is leaving the Nebraska football team. So I wanted to give my quick thoughts on that, and then we'll throw it to to the pod with uh, yours truly and Bo Root. So, okay, now for the second time in in the past 18 19 months or whatever it is Xavier Betts has decided to to call it quits and and step away from the Nebraska football team the first time uh, he stepped away was in March of 2022 uh, he didn't play last season obviously he even stopped going to classes for a period of time uh, then of course we all know Scott Frost gets fired Matt rule gets hired and Xavier Betts then decides that he wants to rejoin the team. In the spring, of course, Matt Rule welcomes him back with open arms. Uh, and then now with three weeks before the season kicks off, Xavier Betts calls it quits again. So, uh, yeah, first, there, there's – I just want to give the kind of a quick timeline of that stuff. But first – so here, here's my reaction. First was Xavier Betts himself. Um, I will say I'm really surprised by this. Simply because he worked his ass off to even get eligible. Like, he worked really hard just to get – eligible to play he passed 21 credit hours in the spring to become eligible 21 hours anybody that's that's taken college classes no that's that's a lot that's a that takes a ton of work a ton of focus and a ton of drive to do that you got to be motivated on a different level to do that and then on top of that so he's doing all the class stuff and he's doing all the football stuff, right? He he's working really hard to get back into the good graces with the coaches, his teammates, earn their trust, get back into shape in the weight room, go through all that you go through as a football player with you know spring, winter, and and then even into fall camp. And he gets through two weeks of fall training camp, which is obviously really really difficult. And then after all that work, all that work in the classroom, all the work in the weight room, all the work in the practice field. And you're just a few weeks away from the reward for all that work, which is the season. You get to play actual football games in front of 90,000 people on national TV. To be so close to the reward and the fun part, he just calls it quits. So, yeah, really surprised me. Although maybe I shouldn't be surprised because Betts, he already quit once. And I think most people around him pointed the reason towards he just doesn't really love football. Now, there was some narratives out there like he didn't necessarily love Frost. Maybe he was maybe the Mickey Joseph thing. There was Mickey was maybe a little too hard of a coach, all those things. There was a bunch of different reasons. But I think a lot of people felt like, you know, Xavier's just he didn't really love football. And the truth is, if you don't really love football, you probably won't last through it, man. Anybody that's played football, really at any level, but I mean, certainly at, at the Division One level, it's a whole nother world. But football's hard. It's hard. Football isn't for everyone. It's the thing about football is that, you know, it's the only sport where you practice like 10 times more than you actually play, more like 20 times more or whatever it is. You, you, you practice all year round for 12 games. That's it. And the beauty of football is also kind of the thing that makes it hard. And that is, if your heart isn't really in it, if you don't really love it, football will kind of chew you up and spit you out. 
and I think that kind of that that's kind of what happened here. That that's that's my read. And listen, Matt Rule kind of said as much after the news. Here's Matt Rule's quote on on Xavier Betts. Rule said, "Quote: He came to me and said, Hey, coach, my heart's not in it. It caught me by surprise. He's done a lot to get to this point. I don't know what else is going on in his life. Just wants to do something else. He was doing great. No issues. No problems. Nothing off the field. Just didn't want to play football anymore. That's from Rule on Betts leaving the team." And that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Like, Hart isn't in it, doesn't want to play football anymore. That was real 18 months ago for Xavier Betts. And if he didn't love it then, maybe it was naive for him, for us, for everyone to think that he would love it now. But again, it is it is just surprising to me that he grinded and worked as hard as he did to be able to play something he knows deep down inside in his heart he doesn't really love. Right? That's kind of like no one knows no one knows you quite like you. So it is interesting to think that man, he he worked so hard to get back in a Nebraska football uniform when maybe he knows deep down inside he didn't love it. You know, I don't know. Maybe he thought he would grow to love it. Sometimes we do that to ourselves, right? We maybe 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 he liked he being Xavier Betts. Maybe he liked the idea of Xavier Betts, the football player. Because sometimes we like the idea. We do that with relationships at some with with people, right? Like I like the idea of this girl being my my girlfriend or this guy being my my boyfriend or whatever. Like I like the idea of it, but then when you see it through, it's like eh, it's just not quite there. And you know maybe it just wasn't in the cards for him. My, my guess is he's kind of one of those guys. My guess is his whole life, football was just something he was really naturally good at. But he didn't really love it. And you can get away with that in peewee football and in high school football because the grind and the competition and the work isn't near what it is in college or the pressure. You know, in high school, the games aren't that hard because you're just so much physically better than everyone that it's just easy for you. But college, college is when it gets real. Everyone is good. Everybody's talented. Everybody's big, fast, and strong. And the level of work and sacrifice and dedication it takes to be a major Division I football player is way more than it takes to be a high school football player. And again, that's not for everyone. And it clearly just wasn't for Xavier Betts. At least he gave it another shot. And maybe giving it another shot, maybe he's really at peace with it now. Because he, he can kind of now know it just really wasn't for him. But at the same time, man, I'm 39 years old. You can live with a lot as you get older. But one of the hardest things to live with is regret. I really hope this isn't something that one day when Xavier Betts is 30, 40, 45, 50 years old, he wakes up and just really regrets this period and regrets quitting the Nebraska football team, not once but twice. I hope he's fully at peace with it because this is a big decision. And I hope he truly has no regrets. Football is hard. Football isn't for everyone. And if your heart isn't in it, football will chew you up and spit you out. So that's the that's the Xavier Betts part of it. The other part of it now is that you know the news to the team itself. I mean, just a couple of weeks from the season getting getting kicked off. I mean. It's certainly not ideal timing, and it's a blow. I mean, it it is a blow. I don't want to go overboard on it and paint, you know, Xavier Betts out to be like he was Randy Moss or something like that. Like, I don't want to go overboard on it because the guy hasn't played in a football game since 2021. But given the context of that wide receiver room, that's where it it's it is a blow. I mean, Betts is really really talented, and that wide receiver room is really really thin. I mean, without bets, you're basically looking at three dudes with any real experience at all. Kemp, Washington, and Isaiah, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. 
it's basically those three and then a bunch of newcomers and freshmen. Oh, and by the way, the wide receiver coach, Garrett McGuire, is 24 years old, and this is his first major coaching gig. So that whole picture is a little unsettling, especially when you also consider that you have a quarterback in Jeff Sims that has had accuracy issues and turnover issues as well. And as we've seen over the years at Nebraska, when you can't effectively throw the football and you don't really scare anyone through the air down the field, life is really hard for an offense. Defenses, they, you know, they load the box, they press the line of scrimmage, running the ball gets to be challenging, and all of a sudden, moving the ball becomes a challenge. Now, again, I don't want to go too crazy on this, but I think even with Xavier Betts, the wide receiver situation in passing game was a concern. So certainly without him, it's it's even more concerning. Now, again, to, to be fair, who knows what Nebraska was going to get from Betts this year anyways. Hasn't played in two years, wasn't super consistent when he was playing to begin with, but he did do things that popped. He did flash and make some big splash plays when he was on the field. Had that Penn State, remember during the COVID year, that Penn State reverse pop pass, ran it for a touchdown, looks smooth, looks fast. Oklahoma had that long go route along the Nebraska sideline in the either late in the third quarter or in the fourth quarter. It was a big play, one-on-one, went up, caught it, ran past a guy, big gain, ended up setting up a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Had the long option pitch against Northwestern, first play of the second half. It's like a, a you know, 70-yarder to the house, looked fast. So he had some game to him, man. And Nebraska needed all the help they could get at that wide receiver spot. So, you know, Garrett McGuire's job just got a little tougher. Matt Rule's job just got a little tougher. Marcus Satterfield's job just got a little tougher. And we'll see how that position group performs. No bets this year. Decent-sized blow. Decent-sized blow. Don't want to go overboard on it. Don't want to go crazy on it, but it hurts. And it's a big story. I mean, local kid, Bellevue West, all that stuff. So there you go. Some quick thoughts on Xavier Betts. Wanted to wanted to address that before I, I sent it to my pod with uh, I did with Bo. So let's do that. This was this was fun. This conversation with Bo. I just peppered Bo with with about seven or eight questions, and we had a good discussion about a variety of things with Nebraska football. Had a had a deep realignment discussion at the end as well. So enjoy. Here it is. Yours truly, Bo Root. I'll send it to myself. Nick, take it away. All right, we're back. Told you we we're going to be back. I don't know why you wouldn't believe that we're back. Bo Robert Rude in the house. By the way, I, you have not made a comment about my my candle that I have going here. You know what? The, it's buffalo how do you, Armitage. How do you, how do you? But say this that? is a wax buffalo. My wife gets these all the time, so I know all about them. It smells good. It smells good. So, I don't so know. when are you a candle guy now? I, I'm slowly becoming a candle guy. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm slowly becoming. A I candle want you guy. to talk to me. This is not something that your wife brought down. This is yours? Well, like, yeah. I no, you're not here. joking here. Like, this is serious. This is real. This is real right now. Sometimes you don't know, like, it, okay, like, does my podcast studio stink at all? I don't know. I just want to make sure it's not stinky. You don't want to bring, I don't want to bring you in here. Are, the, are they sponsoring this pod? No, or no this no, is just like, what you're saying. Yeah, Nick here for <laughs> candles. Uh, no, I. You're a candle person? I kind of like lighting candles. I'm not going to lie to you. Can I ask you, when did this happen? Kim got a bunch of candles and I started smelling them and then like I light them all the time. I just feel like I feel like my kids stink up the kitchen and different things and you're like I'm just I need a candle. Can okay, you think about this for a second? Okay, I gotta think about. This. <laughs> you know what? Well, what's wrong with two dudes talking football over a candle? Over a candle? <laughs> okay, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm thrown off because this seems very unlike. Unlike Nicholas Allen. I'm usually. I'm not a against Breeze guy. I'm not against a candle. If I had a, a visitor to the Jayhawk Towers, <laughs> your boy would get the Febreze Erwer. Should I tell should I tell the Jayhawk Tower story how gross oh, you're it was so gross. So, Keith and I I mean you go ahead. It's I mean, so gross. Nick Jayhawk Tower is my fr- my Kansas freshman and sophomore. Kansas year. basketball yeah. Jayhawk Towers where the, the players all stayed, so there's two 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 a dorm and yeah. all of Nick's friends, we'd come down and visit. We'd be like, All right, he'd have us over. Come crash at my place. We'd sleep on the floor. We were young college kids. So this is this is what college guys do. This is how we think. And we're this is how bad we are. And girls don't understand this. Is Nick has us all over. 
So we all are, you know, out all night partying, then or you know, then the next day it's like, right. okay, let's go out again. Of course, let's just shower up. We've had a long day of walking in the heat and the sun. Yeah. in the summer. Somebody showers, and the next person's turn to shower. Then the next person, and so I think I'm like the last in line here, and I I come take a shower, and everybody used the same towel that's so and i know you had never washed that towel no so we were all using your one towel that had never been washed it's so and it stank and that's what guys do because what are you gonna do (laughs) well because what i realized you know what i realized i don't know if this was like for you i feel like i always showered at allen fieldhouse yeah 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 so I really, as weird as it sounds, I don't feel like I showered at my apartment that much. I would always shower because you know you practice and you shower yeah. and then you go about doing whatever you got to do. But yeah, I was the only. I will say it. I, it did. It did hit me as people were playing past the dirty towel. I was like, this, I do feel like a terrible person. Oh, I mean, Nick, I just remember being like, when it got to me, it wasn't like uh, a towel. It was like it was. It was like dripping uh, almost. Like you so couldn't get dry. You couldn't wring it out. I it know, wasn't going to dry you. you yeah, know? that's bad. And that's bad. Oh, my God. So I told my wife that story, and she couldn't. Because like she washes our towels I know. so frequently. How often are you supposed to wash a towel? How many uses? A t- uh, like a shower towel. When I was single? Let's just give me something. <laughs> there were different levels of clean that I uh, lived by. But no, my my wife, it's like constant rotation of towels constant cleaning it's not every use no but it but is like how many uses a, though like in a, i mean do you go a week i mean i i can but i, I don't go i could go i would never than wash my sheets too oh. I, yeah my wife says like we gotta wash your sheets i'm like why welcome you know? to welcome to guy world ladies that are listening <laughs> in college none of us washed our sheets ever like twice a year <laughs> Or it's like if you knew you had like uh, a date or something. Like, I yeah, you'd be like, I, I better walk. But you, even then, I'd be like, ah, Febreze. Like, yeah, I'm going to hit him with the Febreze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just hit him with the Febreze. And, you know. But, yeah. I Never wash the sheets. Never wash the towel. I did feel bad. Everybody, all five oh, dudes or whoever was there. all towel. It was a, that ooh, was a scar. Gross, so. A gross towel. To, it was, see, what the problem, too, is it wasn't even clean to begin with. No. It Not clean dirt. to begin with. Four, five dudes showered. It may have been sitting there for months. Oh, you might have been dirtier than you when you were. were before you showered. It didn't stop. At Here's all. a grit. This is a perfect segue to. I just wrote down like I think I got to ten questions. I'm just throwing at you. Yeah. My first question is, and it's along these lines. But can you believe how much easier training camp has gotten at Nebraska? I'm so jealous. It's a <laughs> jealousy that I shouldn't even let myself go to. It's so good to be an athlete now. These I mean, guys, it's good. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna be happy for them. So that's what I didn't but know if you je- were. There's, I am, there's a jealousy of how yeah. good they got. They're getting paid, and it's easier. Like it only gets better. I mean, well, because just, and the, the the thing I wrote down is because rule had them all stay in the dorms for camp, mm-hmm. and like that's viewed as like like a like we're staying in the dorms. Isn't this hilarious? Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> to me, it's almost like. I don't know if you ever went to. I think it was in Chicago. As we went to, there's a restaurant, Medieval Times. Oh yeah, and like, look at where this. You, where you have to, if I remember right, at Medieval Times, you weren't given silverware because you really tried to replicate like the yeah. old days, and it was kind of like, can you believe this? We don't have can silverware. You lived like can this? you believe they actually you had to eat with your hands? I mean, I think there's an element with these with the players now. They're checking into a dorm. And they're like, this is hilarious, dude. Yeah, Can it, you believe this? Two you, weeks in here? It's <laughs> like, funny. Like, it's weird. You're right. Because it's not like when they did it in the old days, it was like, that's reality. Yeah. And when they do it now, it's like, we're pretending to do what they used to do as a novelty. Yes. That's exactly what it is. And I don't know what it is about that. That it made me enough to want to write down and just throw it at you of like, I can't believe how much easier camp has gotten. And just, I don't know if you watch, they put up, they're filming like a hard knocks type thing yeah. for Nebraska football. The first one was like 40 minutes long. And, you know, they have all the guys checking into their dorm and you can just tell they're all like, there's an element of like, this is hysterical. Yeah, is this, <laughs> this, can you believe this situation? It's like, it's because I think it's like, they're so self-aware of like, this is what they used to do, and now we... Uh, I don't know. I, just, I, had to, I had to throw that at you. It's like, 
Somehow it's got to the point where staying at a dorm is like, man, I tell you, we are really, we're scaring ourselves straight. Yeah. We are going to, oh, man, I tell you, you got to live in a dorm. But, okay, so I wanted to throw that at you. I mean, that's so true, though. It's so true. Camp's got, well, I mean, and now there's there's only, you can only hit so many times. You can only. One I, practice a one day. One practice no, a day. Two, two a days don't exist. Oh, I mean. I mean, I mean you used to do two a days. They take, they take years off your life. <laughs> Three weeks a year. Two practices a day equals you live five years less. I think so. You're going to live to 95. You're a 90-year-old now. Like, 75 for you? Sorry, you're 68. Like, you die sooner because of those days. I mean, that was it. Two days. I mean, you guys were just banging, crushing, tackling each other. My, my, I think of my first was, oh, I mean, I've had some bad ones. But yeah, I remember my first one as a freshman, it was like, you couldn't believe how hard it was. Like two days, <laughs> full pads, all day, every day. You were on the scout team just taking every rep, just like, getting, you're like, this getting is, mauled this is by oh, yeah. Richie like, incognito. incognito. <laughs> like cheap shot, and you're like, oh, God. Uh, I just, okay. Why I am wanted, I doing this? I yeah. wanted to start with that. But it's just... The whole thing, I kind of like. I think it's smart by rule, you know. Get those guys, you know, force them. To, like I think it's, it's all. Great. Like I'm not saying I'm. I don't. I'm not. Look, I like the decision from rule. I just think it's funny when you stop and be like, th- think about what's happening here. Yeah, we're staying at a dorm because what? I mean, they're, they're all checking in. They're all like giggling. They're like, can you believe this? It's like, <laughs> Come on, man. Well, and I think I, I saw something. One of the kids was talking about like my screen time is way down. I'm like, it's just like Jeez. what a different world. This like, is a different world. Uh, okay, I'm going to slide this over to you because you might need it for this one. Question oh, okay. number two. What game, just so you can look at the schedule for it. I wrote this down. I should have prepped you for this stuff, but I, I know I'm not going to prep I just, you. We on. always wing it. What right. game strikes you as the most important? And I'm leaving this open-ended because I think you can look at it a bunch of different ways. You can look at it of like, it's, you know, a game. If you win that game, it would have an enormous impact. If you win that game, Nebraska would be in a position to make a bowl. Uh, it's beating a rival. It's you know, there's a lot of different ways you can frame it. I, to me, there were three games that jumped out at me. You want me to throw the three games at you? The, the the three candidates that like just glancing at the schedule and going, which games jump out at me as just really important shape in the year? I wrote down the Minnesota game. Yep. Because I mean, really, if Nebraska wins, the excitement of that. I think if you win that game, you're likely going to go beat Colorado, and then you're likely starting 4-0. People are poo-pooing Colorado in their, uh, in their overall chance against us pretty heavily. I guess I, I didn't think that was going to be as easy as maybe people are saying. I've, I've As be. the season or as the offseason has progressed, I was with you initially. I'm, I'm starting to arrive to where I think it's more of a – I mean, they were horrible last year. Yeah, they were like a, a game. Did they win one or two games? Yeah, they, I think they won one game, and they gave up like 44 points per game. I mean, it, they weren't even close in yeah. these games. The one thing that, that that scares me, though, is I saw Urban Meyer went on with Colin Cowherd, and Urban and Cowherd asked him about Colorado. And Urban said, I went, and you know, he's, he said he's friends with Prime, and he went and yeah. watched camp, and he goes, I – I was shocked by what I saw, and what I saw was a good team. And you're like, yikes. That's not what... I know they got, like, some five-star guy. Yeah. They got Deion Sun. one five-star guy. You I just... I'm not... Bi- I'm not... I mean, the, Nebraska is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in yeah. the preseason line, but okay. But uh, So I wrote down the Minnesota game. I also wrote down at Illinois. And the reason I wrote that down... I think I know why. I, the reason I wrote that down is because if you really look at it, the next two weeks, Nebraska has a bye week, and then the next two weeks are back-to-back home games against Northwestern and Purdue. Probably two of the more, and you know, Frost got in trouble by saying this at one point, of winnable games on your on the schedule. I mean, Northwestern's been a train wreck with all the stuff they're dealing with with Pat Fitzgerald, and they haven't been yeah. good. Purdue has a first-time ever head coach and a young guy and Ryan Walters, so they they're. I don't know. I just I look at that game and I'm like, man, you win at Illinois and you got a th- a shot at like three straight conference wins. Yeah. And then I wrote down Iowa just for obvious reasons. Nick, I hate doing this. I hate doing. Do you it. agree? Before you said it, I had, I if I had to pick four games, those four, literally okay. before you said, it, and, and I here's my logic. 
My logic is this. Similar to the last two seasons, mm-hmm. at Illinois, Northwestern in Dublin. Dublin. And uh, I felt like those were the most important games of the year. Those, those two openers. And that's not the case for everybody. You know for Ohio State, the most important game is Michigan mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Typically with us, it's Iowa at the end of the year. With us in the last five years, we lack confidence. We lack momentum. I think the first game of the year is the most important. I think it's by far the most important. Win at Minnesota, it changes everything. The whole season is changed on Minnesota. If we can win, Nebraska is so pumped. Then we have confidence going against Colorado. Hopefully we win that. Then we're going, we're losing our mind. The Nebraska state will lose its mind because right. we're probably going to win our first four games. Yeah, you're going 4-0, and, and then Michigan comes to Who town. Who are we beating Michigan? We're probably not beating Michigan. But we've won four straight games, all depending on if you can beat Minnesota. So I actually think, like, you can look at Michigan. You can look at Michigan State, Wisconsin. You can look at Iowa. All irrelevant. It's I think it's Minnesota push every chip in to win it. I know it's the first game, and it's a long season. But we, as Nebraska, we lack confidence and momentum. We can't get it. We can't just – it's been a decade of just just like – like, yeah. It's yeah. like trying to grab water or something. Yeah. We're like, cut, we, it's there. Yeah. I'm just trying to squeeze it. You know, like, that's what it feels like. And right. it, a Minnesota win would all of a sudden shift the psyche, I feel like. Oh, we can do this. And that's all this team needs, I think. I don't think this team is – near as good as the 21 team. I don't either. Or probably the 22 team. Right. And, um, yeah, the 2021, 22 teams are all probably better than this team. And this team has a chance though, like to, to get the win and like have a chance to have a better season. I agree. I think what's weird though, is you would think it's not like if you lose that game, it's there, there's a, there's an equal negative poor, impact you know like if Nebraska goes and loses to Minnesota I don't think it's like oh boy but at the same time like here's what you don't you got to find a way for when whatever what date is it so you got to find a way for on September 16th when Northern Illinois that game is kicking off you better have one win that's the that's the right answer yeah you 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 do not want to go into that game oh and two and it's like then everybody there's everybody's a little tight in that game and yeah, I I just don't like Colorado sitting at two because of we we've this is not you know like when you the more you read history you know like hey it doesn't happen the exact same way but history finds a way to be very close to what it's like right. we've seen this Colorado movie like second game of the year like ooh, I know win I, the first one and then the second one we don't win the first one and then that second one all of a sudden seems way freaking harder yeah I think the answer is Minnesota. The answer I, is I think the answer is Minnesota, but I, was, I wanted to talk about A well-coached P.J. Fleck team That's a, at Minnesota, first game of the year. We're a new team. I would say it's going to be a really hard game to win. Doesn't mean we can't, but that's why I feel like it's the most important. We win that. I think it changes everything. We don't win it. It's actually not the end of the world. No. It's not. It's just, though, it feels more like same old Nebraska. Right. And if you win... If you win that game, you got a real shot to be four and zero with Michigan coming to town, where yeah. nobody expects you to win that game. So you can really go play free, and yeah, what is yeah. it? Nebraska hasn't won three games in a row since twenty sixteen. Probably, yeah. I, I mean, don't think. I mean, so the like, Frost era—they never won three in a row. Yeah. We were, we talked about it a right. hundred times. So, so, but but Colorado the same way. Like, okay, you say we don't beat Minnesota. The season's not over. Yeah, you, you can, you can beat Colorado the- and win three in a row. That gives us our three in a row. The fans will be very excited about that. Yeah. Michigan's going to be tough, but I just think yeah, you got to win one of the first two. The reason cuz you could you could apply the logic we just had and 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 choose Colorado as the, as an important game, but I just think because it's a conference game as well, I'm going to I'm, I'm I think I'm going to pick Minnesota. Well, and I think if you beat Minnesota, you're going to beat Colorado. Yes. But if you lose to Minnesota, it's still a coin flip with Colorado. I think we I think we still win that game, but right. Um, man, that's, I just, it seems that that game is just, it could springboard us a little bit. Uh, question. N- next question. This is going to be quite fast. 
how many carries per game do you think for Jeff Sims? Denardo said that he thought two per quarter for a total of eight. I think more than that. I would I mean, what yeah. do you with, scram- would, with scrambles? With, I mean, think 10 or 12 probably, right? Right. Well, okay. So let's say designed runs. You think eight or do you think more? I think more. Mm, I think with our receiver, like I keep going to these receivers. Like if guys can't get open, like if we don't have threats there, the quarterback has to run. I think it's one of those things where I listen to coaches all the time and I'm bringing up basketball, but it's not apples to apples, but it is at the same time where coaches will be like, I, you guys, I have to get, I gotta, I'm playing my starting point guard too many minutes. You have to force me to go yeah. to my bench. I got to get him breathers. I got to get him breathers. There you go. He blew up. The candle. Oh, I didn't mean to. No, Dang. it's okay. It's been burning. You got a lighter? A yeah, it's okay. Let's get this candle going. <laughs> I took my lighter back upstairs, but people say people can have plans on the front end of yeah. being like, we got to, we, 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 we got to go to our bench. We got to do this. We got to do that. But all of a sudden, the game hits, and you're like, you want to take that guy out? No, no I don't want to take that no. guy out. I say that to say, I bet Marcus Satterfield and 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 Matt Rule are going to be like, we cannot run Jeff Sims into the ground. We cannot carry him too much. We cannot. But all of a sudden, the, the game comes, and it's third and one, and you go. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Well, here's, let's let's here's give what it I like. to Sims here. If yep. it's first game of the year, and you're playing uh, you know, La Tech or Northern Illinois, like, put him on the count. Yeah, first game of the year playing Minnesota. If he needs twenty carries, give him twenty. Like it, you got to win the game. Like right. this is not. We're worried about Jeff Sims' pro career. We're worried about Jeff Sims making it through the season. I think you got to basically be like, let's beat Minnesota. You got to do all you can do. Anything we got to do, let's do it. That if that means the first game of the year, we're gonna run Sims every other play because we don't trust anybody else. You just got to do it. And you know what? Maybe we got to scale back as the year goes. I am done with the saving people thing. I felt there was a little too much of that with Martinez. I Just agree. It, it's an attitude thing. Like you're not thinking our job is to win. Your job is I'm managing players and t-. like, I think it's just, you can't do that. Anymore. I couldn't agree more. Let's win the game. Sims, Whatever it takes. That's and so that's why whatever I think it takes. Way over. I mean, I I've, that's I just think it's it's I get the spirit of the thought on the front end, but I'm just telling you when they're on that sideline and it's third and two, and they're at Minnesota, and if Jeff, yeah. I, I I think they're I think give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball, and you know what? Like I don't, I just don't think you can. We can be thinking in terms of this like people's pro careers and like no you gotta I do just, what you gotta do you gotta I do just, what gives you the best chance to win a game you period. gotta win the Nebraska game. gotta start winning games so yeah. I think over next question I have we kind of talked about this but the three three five what is what's maybe the most intriguing part of it to you as we get ready to watch this like what what's what has your attention? how it fits how they're going to because they may like you know when you're playing a power run team the Iowa's the Minnesotas, uh, the Minnesotas, and at times Illinois. Um, what's our adjustment? How how are we actually going to play those? Because it's not going to be always like three three five. Right. Like we're going to shift, you know, in and out of a four or five man front. Like how those fits work. Um, I really that's I don't really know how it how it all fits up really how mm-hmm. they how they adjust so. I'm going to be watching closely to see how they adjust to power running um, and just like, you know, like how we're moving and how our movement is. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm most interested in seeing people talk about one of the best things about the three, three, five is the, is the, the, the creativity you can then have to bring people from different places to bring plus pressures and different stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just curious what that, what that looks like. Cause I don't think there's a, I don't think there's even a Garrett Nelson level pass rusher on this team. No. On paper. But this is a defense that wants to play aggressively. And I wonder, how, I just want to see if the scheme can manufacture that stuff. Well, the, the one thing I keep seeing uh, from Tony White, the, mm-hmm. the D coordinator, is um, he wants guys playing fast. He wants guys being aggressive, playing fast, not thinking a lot. Um, so I do like the sense of it's like, it's going to be aggressive, I think, and we're going to have people flying around, which in the end um, will cover up for a lot of mistakes, I think. Mm-hmm. So, 
you still got to be detailed and do your job and, you know, be, be strong in your assignments. But, um, I do like defenses that seemingly are like people are flying around. I know. So this this is the kind of defense where like it's set up to be that way. You have to make movement on the D line and everybody's stacked flying off of it. So uh, I do think hopefully we'll be playing fast. I think they're. I, I mean, again, I, th- I think Rule even said at a Big Ten Media Days that this they they want to dictate, they want to create negative plays. Like this is not because mm-hmm. I think it got to the point, especially in twenty twenty one, and they got really good at it. The 2021, the JoJo Doman, like they got really good at like kind of a bin don't break, keep everything in front of you. Yes, really good at that. This would be kind of the opposite. I think of this that. is the complete opposite yeah. of that, and I'm just I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, next next question I wrote down: Which assistant coach has your eye the most? And this can either because you're just intrigued by them, or you are maybe a little skeptical of them. Four came to mind for me. Okay, let me hear yours. Well, obviously, Tony White and Satterf- and Marcus Satterfield, just yep. by its very nature of like offensive defense coordinator. And then Donovan Riola on the O-line, and then Garrett McGuire at the wide receivers. I want to see what oh, Doogie Hauser looks like Doogie out there. Hauser. Like, <laughs> they have him in like a, like a stroller. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, what's that? He's signaling with his rattle. McGuire is upset, gives his pacifier. His receivers are dropping balls. He's very upset. Oh, burping, burping. We're not sure what's wrong with him. Give him a burp. <laughs> so ridiculous to do that to him. But no, I I actually am excited about him as a coach. He seemingly is like oh, a prodigy. Watched, like, I think he's like a him, prodigy. Like he looks, yes. He, he, he looks and acts the part. He's a coach's kid. Like, yeah. you know, you just know he knows the game. Like, it, it's just, I give Rule credit for not being scared to yeah. to, to make a hire like that. Um, <laughs> but he is young. He looks young. It's it's one of those, he's a baby face. And, oh, my God. That's oh, I so mean, that's stupid. so good. Thinking bro. of, like, look who's talking. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, get over here. What are you doing over here? I, I think, I mean, Rayola is fascinating. And again, I mean, every. I don't know that, but I'll say Satterfield just because, like, listen, when games start, offensive coordinating I, and play calling always ends up being the most interesting. I think I actually this this Tony White. I think I feel I feel good about comfortable yeah. with him. I, I Barry, you know, Barry made a good point that he knew this guy came up in like in that three 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 five system, like with the guy that basically like. Yes. It was his system, like the people that had been doing it for years and years, like he's always done it. So he knows all the little beaters that you use on a three, three, five. Right. And that's the, that's really one of the things that people that maybe don't know football versus the people that know it well, don't really grasp is like every defense has a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're all, every offense has a weakness in every one of these things. You have to have the check for the check the the tit for the tat like mm-hmm. the thing that you have to be able to adjust for for all the things that are bad for whatever play I run and the better you get at a system that's why systems are important is you get good at all those little well if they do this I do this if they do that mm-hmm. and then it becomes like second nature Tom Brady he goes out there and he goes I know this defense and here's what they're gonna do if I do this so this will be wide open that's how he beats people he's right. seen it all 10,000 yeah. times it's not hard for him to see that's where the ball's going. Exactly. And so that's why I don't feel, I mean, as much as a 3-3-5 might take a little bit for it, to, but like I feel good about Tony White. Satterfield, it's like this offense yes. feels like it's, it, this wasn't what he was running at South Carolina. Um, it, it's it just to be interesting to see what what it, has, it ends up looking like. Yeah, I think for me, I he's got a system, so you could say it's the same thing as Tony White. I would say, though, um, the pieces that he's working with are going to be, I think it's a little bit more challenging than defense. I think the pieces you're working with, that be a great offense. Um, I don't know if they matter more, but to me, I think maybe I just don't know what he like. I just don't know what he's going to do with these pieces. I just I, have I no either. idea. I don't know. I, I don't either. Can he, and- can he manufacture a run game? With this line, those running backs, and this quarterback, maybe. The pass game, though, it's like, I don't know. I, and 
you know how it is. Whenever we do these game recaps, I mean, play calling and stuff always ends up being like an interesting thing to analyze and dissect. Yeah. So he's the guy. I mean, yeah, he's I, the I, guy. He's the answer to me. And I think a lot of people would feel that way. But yeah. okay, next thing. Two part question. The newcomer, excluding Jeff Sims, the newcomer you're most excited to watch, and then the returner, the return a returning player you're most excited to watch. Newcomer, we can't say Sims because that's boring. Newcomer that was not on our roster last season. Correct. Um why did you want to get your Fedoni on? No, no, because Fedoni, I mean Fedoni's or did you want, like, in terms of a guy that... Did- I'm thinking of these freshmen, right? I'm thinking of these freshmen. So, Maverick Noonan, this Prince... Ooh, I forget his last yeah, name. You, Uga, Ugi, Ugi, Uma, Uman... We at Prince. Oh, my goodness. Prince Will, Purple Uman Rain, Nelly, Purple yeah. Rain himself. Purple uh, Rain. But anyway... But then Maverick Noonan got Maverick hurt. Maverick Noonan got hurt. So, so those two were looked really nice in the spring game. Um, Van Poppel is a guy that could actually potentially play yep. Gunnar Gatula could actually play he's going to play probably um but really it's Malachi Coleman or one of these other young I think it's like Jay Jaden Doss Jalen right Jalen uh the the they're all like the speedster dudes freshman receivers I think one of these three receivers has to contribute well it could be bets too you know and like, but and bets is like you want to kind of say ret- is yeah. a return but what I he didn't make I I wrote down. I mean, Kemp. We've talked about Kemp a million times. I would probably say well, MJ Kemp, Sherman. Oh yeah. See, I didn't. I thought we meant like uh, those are. I guess transfer. Yeah. Newcomer. So, sorry. Newcomer. Yeah. Just, like so. Would it change? Would you have? Yeah. One of those three guys. Judy. MJ Sherman. Sherman. Kemp. Chief Borders. Big Chief. Big Chief. Robert Parrish. The Big Chief. <laughs> Chief Borders is our team representative. He's been there three weeks. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe. He seems like a great kid, though. But legitimately, was the like, I'm the representative of the team. I've been on the team how long? It's a great. week. I've been here a week. <laughs> but I, I think uh, MJ Sherman would be the. I've already talked a million times about Kemp, but MJ Sherman's up there for me. Uh, then if I had to pick a freshman, I would love to see Malachi Coleman get on the field. He's a big body. He's fast. He he's, he's got all the tools. You know, he. he is he ready to play though? That's that's a whole nother thing. Like, can you digest a playbook? Can you block? Can you run route? I mean, it's, it, there's so much more than yeah. just high school is like, dude, fly slant. I mean, that's you're it. With, you have a 15 year old on you at corner. I mean, come on, you know. Oh, oh boy. Oh geez, Coach, like Coach Brown, George McFly back there. Oh God, I what? need help, safety. I want to. Oh. I don't hey, know if you. this is gonna work. Hey, oh. you. Strong safety. Get your damn hands over here. <laughs> hey, Malachi. Get your damn hands off her. McFly! Are all high school quarters, they got the demeanor and confidence of a George McFly. In Nebraska, when they see Malachi Coleman, they go, oh, no. Oh, God. Huh? Uh, okay. Incendiary, Malcolm. You're incendiary. Oh, back to the future. People don't know. Um, okay, returner. I put Gabe Irvin. Want to see if he pops, gets in a groove. See if my man can do his thing. We've been we've been on Irvin Island for quite some time. Not we've, a lot of. Uh, there's not a lot of people, people left on Irvin Island. Around. People are coming around. We, we have. We were early. We yeah. were early adopters of the Gabe Irvin train. Yeah. Uh, but but people are coming. I wrote um, down. He has 57 career carries. I feel like 50 of them. Were poorly blocked and in terrible situations. Couldn't agree. He got all the bad. <laughs> I hope he's a good teammate. Maybe they just didn't block for him. Maybe, I don't know. He don't seems know. like a good guy, so he I wouldn't does. say. But I like know. he didn't. They did not block for him. Do you have a returner? You know what? I uh, I, I want to say Fedoni, but I'm not going to say Fedoni. He was because, my honorable mention because he's a jinx. It's a jinx to do that because he needs to play one game. And then he's unjinxed. I think I might go buy some champagne and just pop it. If he plays and catches a ball, I'm popping the champagne. I'm just, I'm all in on Fedoni. Fedoni, if you're listening, too, I love you. I'm yeah, all in on you, pal. It's too much hype. It's That much hype is bad for a person. We need the hype to subside so then he can then let it go. Like, then you can go play. Um, there's too much buildup around him. I just don't like when there's that much buildup. Um, 
God, who who do I want to see? I mean, there's a lot of guys you could pick. I kind of want to see a lineman. I mean, Marcus I see, Washington. You could put. I want to see Noelle. I want to see um, Ethan Rowdy Roddy Piper. Ethan Rowdy Roddy <laughs> Turner. Turn your I mean, coke around. J- <laughs> Dude, that didn't even make sense. Um, I mean, you pick any of the Hartzog. You could pick our boy Isaac Gifford. Shouts out to to the four hundred two. I, I actually Knight. am excited to see Gifford play safety because yeah. that's a that's a bit of a, a right. of a change. Like, because he's going to have to be a little bit more. Um, you know, he was so in that slot edge area. He's going to be totally a totally different thing. It's a for different him. game. Yeah, it's and a, he's important. Yeah. Now, the the other guy I wrote down was. Which was arguably my favorite player last year is Tommy Hill. Tommy Hill! <laughs> Rule has been praised. He said, like, he has come a long ways. I, Nick, I'm going to be slow on this one. I'm going to be slow my, on this my, one. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of last season, which was just not that fun of a season, was how Tommy Hill wanted to return every kickoff and got mad when he couldn't and brought everything out when he should. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to watch old Tommy Hill play. I mean Tommy Hill. I think he's he's clearly got some talent. Oh yeah. But I mean he, if you just turn on the Georgia Georgia Southern tape and be like, what did Tommy do here? I don't know. Like, I think he's dark horse. NFL is he draft playing? Pick. Is he playing DB? I think he's playing defense, which is surprising. He went D bit. to O, back to D. When you're going, when you go, when you go from one side of the ball to the other side of the ball, back to the other side of the ball, like you, that's not good. But Rule has praised him. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, like I said, I'm a little skeptical with him now, okay. but well, hey, I mean, he, he's, love... he's got enough talent where, like, if you're even talking about him, that means he's worth talking about. But I loved watching him he, just be angry that he couldn't bring anything. He out. wanted not many people seem to want those kickoffs. He wanted it at least. <laughs> he wanted him bad. Well, then they moved to receiver one time too in one of the road games, and he it didn't go well. But I just I I love the guy. Him okay. and Fedoni are my two. Two favorite players on the team. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Turn your coke around? Turn your coke around? <laughs> Not even funny at all. Do we like that line? You have been great Scott. Ben <laughs> great Scott. You have Teddy Peno ass down. You have Ethan Rowdy Rowdy. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good one. <laughs> Turn your coke around. <laughs> That's not even funny, Joe. Uh, okay, where, where are we at time-wise? The more nicknames we got, the better the season will be. Just remember There's that. no question about we that. Keep there's, going. A, there's a direct correlation between the two. Okay, I'm going to skip two questions and get to the last one, then we'll get out of here because we both got dinner to go eat and right. kids to take care of. I want to get your just reaction to Pac-12 is like dying oh i mean God. good lord uh colorado goes back to the big 12 oregon and washington going to the big 10 uh like what what's your reaction to all of this it's just it's bizarre it's so bizarre that almost like you you i saw some article today in the athletic where they quoted a coach saying like like you think this is it this is just the beginning like it's yeah. all going to these like the super conference that they're going to get rid of the in like there's going to be separate 40 from, teams yeah. and they're going to separate from the NCA. They're going to pay players. It's going to be a minor league NFL essentially. Right. And I, it's like, there's going to be no academics required. And I'm just like, it kind of made me take a step back, go like, Whoa, I know. like we've kind of joked about that, but like, this is the stuff that's happening. Like it's not happening slowly. It's happening fast now. Yeah. These things are happening fast. One, you know, it's like God, Texas dang. and Oklahoma going to the SEC, and then all of a sudden USC, you know, UCLA. UCLA, like these big seismic moves are happening. The big, and, the big units have all moved. So yes. think of it this way: is Oklahoma, Texas, U, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington have made the move. Don't the get only much bigger than the only big ones left are Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and then anybody in the ACC that's getting itchy, which they say Florida State, Clemson. They're yeah, getting they're, itchy, yes. Nick. Yeah, Florida State is basically like put a put a a for sale sign up. Like, hey, we're we're open for business here. You know, like I 
No, the, there's an element of it like it's not surprising, even though it's surprising. We you just knew that this was yeah. like all this stuff feels like an inevitability. It's hilarious. I mean, one of our only podcasts we recorded was reacting to the Big Twelve or the new Big Ten schedules that are coming out. But all those they're schedules, gone, aren't they're they? Gone. Yeah, they're gone. I mean, they're literally going to have to whoever made the Flex Protect Plus plan like that. That's gone, you know. So it's just like that's how fast it. It's crazy. These things are moving. I, so one of the the first things I looked at when when with Oregon and Washington is like if you look at that now, it's actually what I think they should do is cut it in ne- half. Nebraska. So Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, and maybe throw in is Purdue, Illinois. Purdue or Illinois is coming with. Yeah. I'd say we take Illinois. Yeah. And then you take USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. That's you, the West. You got your two, That's yeah. the East. You play the full schedule. Right. You have not. So it basically be, I think, a nine per side. And then you play the 10th game as the Big Ten Championship. I'm in. I'm on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a better model to me. And then keep the rivalries. You need rivalries. You need. Whoa. You can't have 18 teams and everybody plays somebody different every year. Like, we pay, we play Ohio State every fourth year. It's like. No, don't d- just do play the teams. Oh, I got to imagine the big dogs. You, you don't you're not going to have USC and Ohio State in the same conference and not have USC and Ohio State play every year. Yeah. So th- th- it'll be interesting how they balance all that stuff. I think the thing that I wrote down was it's amazing the discrepancy with the decisions and decision makers with how well liked these decisions are where it's like, I feel like the vast majority of people don't like any of these moves yet. They continually get done, you know, because, because the money, Nick, the money, the money's just outrageous. It's, it's outrageous. It's so much that Oregon, they said Oregon could have been the big dog of the, of the pac 12 after you. And they, and they literally had got their deal done and they were like, okay, you're the big dog now. And it took a, all a, of one second before they looked and said, how much money? Right. We're gone. Right. We don't care about winning. We want that money. And and that's where it's like, I get how you can't make business decisions solely based on like what the masses want or like. But at the same time, this reminded me of a podcast conversation between Chuck Klosterman and Bill Simmons when they were talking about load management in the NBA and superstars kind of sitting out and missing a lot of games. And Klosterman had a point, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, of basically, I think some people have forgotten why basketball exists. Yeah. Like, it exists because we want it to exist and we like watching it. Yes. Players almost make these decisions or these organizations make these decisions to sit players out of games in a way that suggests that basketball exists because it has to exist and it always will exist in its most popular form. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I take that same school of thought and I apply it to college football where I, I like college football exists on some level because of the history, because of the traditions, because of the rivalries. Yes. And we are, we make these decisions thumbing our nose at certain elements of the sports popularity. And I do worry about that ending up biting people when all this dust settles. Does that make sense? Nick, I don't know if that like correlation. That's so well, I, it's so well said because it is that, it is that disconnect with what people actually want. They want, they want what we've had. They want, they don't want, something new they don't want the nfl they want college football which we we liked what we had loved it and they're changing it to something that we not we're not sure that we want right i I am not we're not saying that we don't we won't like it yeah i don't know that i won't like it but there's a chance i won't like it as much or as much as much there i yes fairly confident i'm not gonna like it as much yeah and as i did and i think sometimes people get like too caught up in the like well the players rights are these and it's like that's good i'm okay with players sure. rights great i'm i'm great with nba guys load management good for you but i don't want to watch the backups play right if i go so, so I go watch the you, lakers I if, watch if the- i stop watching you and everybody stops watching you you don't have a job 
Exactly. So there's that part of me that goes like, we're doing this stuff because like, oh, this is like, it's kind of, you get out of touch with like, who's, who's the, who are we trying to like do this for? It's, it's for the fans and the communities of these places and we're getting away from it. A and, th- and that's why I just, I've thought of that. I just, that's why I love listening to Chuck Klosterman when he parachutes in and talks about sports because he has this perspective on it that that is interesting to me. And I just remember him saying that. And I think a lot of that school of thought applies to this. It's like what, what we like about college football is fundamentally changing. Yes. And like you said, when you, I I turn on an, I I buy tickets and I go to the Lakers game. I'm going there because I want to watch LeBron play. Yeah. That, and to a certain extent, like basketball exists at its core because people like watching certain players or certain teams play, you know? And if you, if you get too far removed from that of like why you exist, I just, and I know this is a really deep thought, but I, I just, I, I worry. And I always bring this up. Never forget at one point, three of the most popular or arguably most popular sports in America were boxing, baseball, and horse racing. Yeah. So yeah. if you think, oh, it's too big, foot, college football's too big to fail or too big to ever, it's like, eh. It's what, it, it's what people thought about baseball in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like, it's what people thought about boxing then. It's what people, like, uh, And I, now look at it. Nick, I'm telling you, my thoughts on college basketball. Right. Like, I think pro, I mean, I think, College football is in a place that I still really like. Mm-hmm. College basketball is not in a place I like that much. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 the same mindset. It's worse in college basketball. Like people leave every year. Every year is a different team. The, a different the best season. players leave yeah. after a year. You never have the talent develop. You never build the continuity. Um, that's happening in football slowly and surely. And then pretty soon they'll be like, well, these guys are going to start going – Pro after, they're going to be able to go pro after their their first year. They're going to be able to go out of high school. They're going to. It's all going to just saturate. But then they're doing the second bad thing in football now, which is they're breaking down the conferences. They're making it something else. They're ruining the rivalries. Yeah. They're keeping. I mean, like you know, Michigan, Ohio State. They're they're keeping that because the money's good. But like Nebraska, we've lost Oklahoma. We've right. lost. I mean, we like this is where it's like. We don't know who our rivals are almost, right? As a traditional program. Like, that's a weird place to be. So the more that that happens, you know, the Pac-12 teams are now scattering about. Like, it's like, this is the stuff that, like, the people doing this are playing with the traditions. Yeah, and it just... And you're playing with fire. I don't know that it... it, it Maybe it'll work and we'll love it more, but I'm looking at college basketball and going, be careful what you're doing. I agree. Because... College basketball is in a place where it's like they've lost a lot of the loyal fans that loved the 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 greatness of college basketball in the 70s, 80s and 90s. That was just it was amazing. I mean, that was an amazing product. Yeah, so I, I just there's there was a feeling of inevitability with it. I think we all get it. I think when people look at the the money to be made, I understand it. Uh, I think there's also a deeper conversation about. I think I heard uh, Sam McEwen talking about this. You know, the numbers of people for higher education. You know, enrollment numbers are starting to dwindle a little yeah. bit. Uh, you know, and so these universities they got to make sure they they it's a money maker. it's a money maker yeah. for them as well. Uh, but yeah, I I just you know. It's you don't want to ever lose sight of the essence of of why we like something and yeah. stray too far from it. I mean, we have over the past couple of weeks, we've watched a hundred plus year old conference die, gone overnight, poof, to join like, to join a midwestern to join a Midwestern conference. The the Big Ten is the Midwest. Right. If you look at the traditional Midwest, that's the Big Ten. It goes from Ohio to Nebraska, Minnesota. That is it. That's literally the definition of the Midwest. Yeah. It ends there. The West starts after that. Yeah. And, and this, so we have a little bit of East Coast involved now with our Midwest, and we have a West Coast teams. It's bizarre. It's crazy. 
it, it, it's it's crazy. So, well, there you go. I, I had a couple other questions. I need to save these. I always do this to you. I have a couple other good ones for you. But that was we got, a great. We got plenty of time. That but that, I thought. like that. We, that was I a wanted, great thought. I know I wanted to end on that one because I, I wanted to get your take on it. But yeah, I it's it's not. I think the biggest thing is it's not surprising. You know, it's like I mean, I think we all knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And, it's just hilarious that we wasted a podcast talking about the 2024 and 2025 schedules. You know, we didn't, we, waste, it. I mean, no, we didn't waste it. We did it. We never waste time. Let's go talk to uh, turn your coke around and Ethan Rowdy Roddy Piper. Get your damn hands off her, Malachi. A Heard at Sports Network production. <laughs>